welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, another episode of our Foodie Fantasy Pod. Um, I know everybody has been asking for Olga Kwame due to the demise of Manchester United once again. But hey, I'm going to try to hold it down and be a United fan today. <laughs> in the host. <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, if you're watching this, before I introduce my guest, like, share, subscribe, uh, Footy Fantasy. It's on the bottom, F double T I E Fantasy, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, um, Apple Podcasts. If you use Apple, like, share, subscribe. That's how the algorithms find us. Help support us. If you like our show, as we go, we'll go into our guest. Uh, long time. It's been a long time he's been on here. Arsenal fan, also friend. Oh, yeah, Balogun. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Uh, and Newcastle fan, you know, Newcastle. Aspiring top six, Newcastle. Uh, yes. Raji. <laughs> uh, I'm, you're, you're seeing me live from my closet. <laughs> going to get the best sound stage here. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, let's just da- dive into Newcastle, right? You guys, sure. let's dive in right straight into Newcastle. You guys had a, I think, decent transfer window. So how do you reach your transfer window? What's your season expectations for Newcastle? Um, I'm going to say that we have we have had a good transfer window so far. Um, we've gotten rid of some dead wood. Um, and we're trying to build up a team that is a little bit stronger from the back. Um, that goes f- from the back. And we're now trying to add creativity in the midfield so that we can have a strong striker who can finish the ball. Um, so what, you know, what we're trying to see is basically um, we've got one of the top... Uh, defenders in Europe, Sven Botman, from you know yeah. from France, and what we're trying to do is create a very strong defense so that you know when we are we can play from the back. Oh, we also got Pope, who is now our main goalkeeper. Uh, oh. I think the reason why we got Pope was because we wanted somebody who can get the ball and keep the ball going very quickly. So we have a situation where we have a good goalkeeper, um, a better defense. Um, we've not added much to the midfield because the midfield is much, uh, was very strong from the get go. But I think that uh, we're going to end up buying a creative midfielder and a striker, uh, before the end of the window. And the hope is that by improving the current players we have and having these players join, we could have a stronger team without actually breaking what made the team really good, uh, last year. So, uh, I think that's the, the process for now. Okay, who are you guys targeting? Or like- um, I know that we were targeting James Madison last week, okay. um, and we we're trying to get James Madison from um from Leicester, but you know they're very they're very hard to negotiate with, and from what I'm hearing now, it's that we've probably pulled out from that. Um, uh, there's a striker from Germany that has been linked to Chelsea, Newcastle, and Arsenal. Uh, um. But I'm not entirely sure what is going to happen on that front. His name starts with an S. Uh, I've forgotten it right now. Um, I, but, yeah, I think it's Seth Speckle from yes, 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 that guy. Um, and uh, we've been perpetually linked with uh, Lu- Lucas Paqueta, uh from Lyon. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. One of the things that I've learned this transfer window is don't, pay too much attention to the minutiae of what happens every day. When they sign somebody, they've signed someone. Otherwise, just keep it going. 
I think the coach we have right now is very, very good. And whatever he has at his disposal, he's going to use to the to the best of his ability. Kind of like what Brighton did today. Um, you know, they're yeah. very they're a very good team. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying anything about Manchester United technically. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that you wouldn't realize that with a team that Brighton has, that the coach would coach them so well they could outplay a world class team, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Yeah, that's I, I, got an extension, right? Did he? Your coach, Eddie Howe, got an extension, right? I think yes, he got an extension this week. I think the, the main reason why he got the extension was because they wanted to um, they wanted to reward him for what happened last season. It's, he achieved something that no other coach in, um, in English history has ever done uh, in, the, in the history of the Premier League. He lost the first 14 oh, games. Yeah. Um, and by December, we were 19th with only five points. And by the end of the season, we ended up 11th uh, overall uh, with a form that was in the top four. Um, I think that his methods have been proven. Um, but the question is, do we are we going to buy a striker that would take us from... Um, are we going to buy creativity and a striker that would help us when Callum Wilson is down? Because we all know that Callum Wilson is going to get injured at some point. But Callum Wilson himself is one of the class um, finishers in the Premiership. And if you had watched the game yesterday, the goal he scored against was just world-class. Um, and he can do that. But the problem is, can we have him do that all season? Um, he has a record of scoring one goal every two games. Um, and if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, he would easily get into the top you know, top tens and uh, top, maybe even the twenties in his goal scoring, but he, he never stays fit. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out who are we going to be a backup? Who's going to be the backup player for um, Chris Wood. Wood? How about Chris Wood? Is it, do you guys have Chris Wood? Well, Chris Wood is, uh, Chris Wood doesn't fit the, uh, he doesn't fit the style that we're playing. So yeah. Chris Wood is a, is one of those direct um, strikers where he takes one or two touches after he gets the ball and he scores. Yeah. Um, what they, what the coach expects is that the striker is also involved in creativity. So you would see Callum Wilson move back into the midfield, uh, get the ball forward, pass it forward, and move forward to try to score. This is where Chris Wood uh, fails because he doesn't hold the ball very well. Um, and the speed of the game is really is is way faster than what he's used to. So he makes mistakes and gives the ball away. He does, you know, do a lot of uh, aerial challenges and gets the ball in aerial in aerial situations very well. But the ball to fit defeat um, and his ability to stay balanced when he has the ball is not as good as Callum Wilson. And the golfing class shows. So one of the things that we're really worried about in Newcastle is if Callum Wilson is injured, we don't want Wood to be our main striker because the responsibility for scoring goes away from the striker and into the wingers and creative midfielders, which is what happened yesterday, uh, last season. Um, in a situation where Chris Wood was playing, you notice that players like um, Bruno Gremarech were the ones scoring. Um, you notice people like Trippier were the ones scoring. And, you know, we still have defenders like <laughs> Fabian Shah, who, uh, who uh, you know, Forward-thinking defenders who get to shoot the ball from 
way out of the box and score too. So it's they have goals everywhere on the on the team, but we want somebody in the strike force who is more consistent than Chris Wood. Okay, expectations for the season. Um, you know, the, the weird thing is whenever you ask um Eddie Howe what he thinks we're gonna finish, he always says he doesn't talk about it. Um, but the truth about it is, I don't see us um looking anything below eighth. So Newcastle is aiming for eighth and above with a cop, uh, a cop run involved. So I think that's where we are going to be at the end of the season. Okay, okay, that's a that's a brief shout. I think. Uh, oh, move to Oye. I think Oye, you have some fans saying that uh, representing Ghana. I see Oye. Let us let us know your name. I don't know who that is. Yeah, who's yeah. that? I'm talking to Facebook. Add your name so we know who that is. Uh, oh yeah, thoughts. Newcastle finish eighth, or you think that's? Um, I I would say, and I I like what he said about the achievement. I didn't even it didn't it didn't even dawn on me that that was actually the case. But yeah, Newcastle impressed towards the end of the season yesterday. I mean, they gave us that we had that really difficult game where everybody sat down and was like, "What in the heavens is going on?" <laughs> so um, yeah, that was that was terrible. I mean, terrible on our part because oh, uh, Simon. Yeah. Simon, that's my guy any day. So for me personally, I don't expectation wise, I think they would they would definitely be in the top ten. Now, I wouldn't be too excited or too optimistic as to them really knocking around the seventh area, because I mean, come on, the competition is hot. So I'll give it to them. They'll stay up. They'll I mean they have good players. They have especially Bruno, who we wanted for a long time. I mean, that guy is it's is a, is a superb midfielder, you know, and it pains me to, to this day that we didn't get him. But I mean, fair to be fair, probably ninth or ten um, is a realistic expectation for me. I think I think it'll be just because you have, for lack of better words, money doesn't mean that you can just get anything and automatically click. So it it will take some time for them to build that team. I mean, yeah, they can have a few players come in. But like I said, even we all know how it is, you know, new additions don't always equate to new success. So um, I think the coach is good, though. I mean, I really like Eddie. I mean, there was a time we had discussion on our forum that, you know, if Ateta didn't work out, we should try to get him. But it looks like he's found he's found a home in Newcastle. I, I, would, I envision him staying there for another four or five years. And, then, you know, he might win something, one or two things. But, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about the money stuff because it's something that people keep <laughs> talking about. Why jumping? There's a question here from an Arsenal fan, Big Ray. Thanks for, for the question. Said United Banter is starting early. Start shut up, Ray. Ah yes, you guys can come and take Pepe. Shut up, Ray. <laughs> he said we discussed interested in Pepe. No banter. Will it work for you? Uh, I'll let you answer that. Right? As a representative of the Newcastle United Football Club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the honest thing I think about is, um, before we even ask, answer that question, I'm going to say this. I want to just talk about the money situation. Yeah, um, and then I'm going to answer that question. I think that one of the things that, one of the misnomers that we usually, you know, hear, you know, throughout last season was, hey, Newcastle had money and they spent the most um in uh, last season, so that was why they stayed up. But the truth about it is they stayed up because the coach coached the team very, very well. Um, people people talk about how much Newcastle, including Bruno Guimaraes and all those guys, 
forgetting the fact that you know the team had already started to win games consistently. Um, they were winning so much that it took them. It took a long time for Bruno Guimaraes to get integrated into the team. And when he finally got his starting spot, he had to play exceptionally well to keep it. Um, one of the philosophies of Eddie Howe is that you know you have to earn your place in the team. So when people are playing well, they don't get they don't get removed. If you don't play well you get substituted. Um, and if the person who comes in after you does a better job than you, they keep playing until they start to falter. So the job um, Eddie, um, Eddie Howe did last season was to improve every single player except from uh, St. Maximin um, and make sure that those people are doing a high-level job um, so that when new players are integrated, they just fit in like a glove. And they have one philosophy going all the way down to the youth level. Uh, so I think it's a little bit more than money because Newcastle is not really spending. And, and every single time you, you say, hey, can you please spend money, please? And they talk about the fair play, the FIFA fair play uh -huh. issue where they can't, they can't spend more than they make uh, beyond a certain level. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think money is like the main, the main driver. Uh, with regards to the Pepe issue, I don't think that Newcastle is ever is going to go for Pepe right now uh, because one of the things they're looking for is somebody who is consistently dynamic, and that's not something that Pepe is. <laughs> and Newcastle is looking to be a, a club where you offload players you don't want. So thank you so much for the question. We're not done Well, you never know. Look, the, 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 can I say something about Pepe? Yeah. The, the issue with Pepe is, I mean... I, I personally never liked him, and people always got, went after me. I just, I just felt he was more flash than anything, and there, there are a lot of faults to his style of play. I mean, he dribbles too much. It's like his mind is somewhere else, and he's not focused. Anyway, there's so many issues, but talent-wise, he has it. He's a very good player. Um, and to to just sum this up, the reason why Pepe hasn't really performed in Arsenal is because. Ateta doesn't see him as someone that can be taught how to play in the system. So that's why he went and got William. That didn't work out. You could see he kept looking for somebody else to replace Pepe. But I feel like in a different setting and with a different coach, it, it just even a fresh start, we might, might be able to reignite Pepe. And hey, 25 million is not a big amount of change, you know, to spend on a player like that. If he comes in, Gives you guys eight to ten goals. I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair game. So I'm, I'm, I'm very worried that you're trying to whip your He's gonna take it off our hands, man. I'll talk about Pepe then. Go touch, touch it. I think you covered yeah. a lot about Newcastle. Pepe is a very specific, in my opinion, anyway, a specific player that works yep. in transition. Right? He's one of those players that the scouting of Pepe. When you think about it, is like. In Lille, what he was that season, where he had that breakout season, they were strictly a transition team. He'll break in transition, there's a lot of space. So, yeah. what Pepe makes him very unique is first of all, he needs to play in transition. And second, not just in trans transition, where there's a lot of space ahead of him to break into. That's yeah. why he functioned well as a second striker thing. So, you have to almost like, it's one of those players that oh, you have to carve your team. Exactly. And he's not good enough to do that. He's not that good mm -hmm. enough. Especially in the Premier League, more complex systems, there's less space to run into. Like, there's just too many things you need to change for Pepe. And that's why I definitely work for Arsenal. I think yeah, I work for us, yeah. Possession Good point. 
So I, I don't think I'm, Newcastle is a strictly transition-based team. I know you play in transition sometimes against better sides, but Newcastle try to keep the ball now. I think that's what um, um, Eddie Howe is trying to do. So I think that's not going to work, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at yesterday's game where we played Nottingham Forest, we, we had 62% of the ball possession. Right. Um, and we had almost 20 shots at goal. Um, Newcastle is no longer one team that sits back uh, like we were under Eddie Bruce or even um, Rafa Benitez. Uh, we are now, what he's trying to create is a team that is on the offense, who is um, <laughs> who is uh, who is trying to uh, who is trying to create chances oh, without man, having man. to let the other team dictate the game. So that's that's where Newcastle is at. I, so you know that's the reason why we were trying to get Diaby uh, from Bayern Leverkusen because Diaby is the kind of player that fits the profile that Newcastle wants. And if you had watched yesterday's game, you would have seen how Diaby would have made a difference. You know, two chances that. Um, um uh what's the name of the our uh, right winger uh I forgot his name sorry uh had um who's the right winger what's his name from Atalanta two chances he had last uh I'll I'll figure it out I'll remember soon uh two chances he had uh where he let the ball go because he can't shoot on his right leg so he had to let the ball roll to his left leg so that he could actually control the game. Almiron. Uh, Almiron, Miguel Almiron. Thank you so much. Um, in a situation like that, you are seeing like a world-class player like Diaby seeing an opportunity like that and just shooting the ball instead of making sure it goes to his strong foot. So, you know, that that's that's one of the things we're looking at. Someone said, give us, well, let's start with Ray. Ray. Big Ray says, 50 million last price. We'll give you Pepe. Man, you can, <laughs> if you can give it to us for free and even pay us to have him, then maybe we'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> Someone said, give us 10 million last, last price. Yeah, I think Newcastle will probably finish around what you said. Um, but I think those two signings need to happen too. Like, you guys need to replace, um, well, have somebody to come in when the inevitable hamstring of um, Callum Wilson pops. I don't like <laughs> Passages, but it seems like every season this happens to him. Sometimes he wouldn't go worse. Sometimes it's knee injury, ankle injury. He always gets injured. Or, you know, you need more creativity. I think Joe Linton has been... Wow. Yeah, he's I, actually come up pretty good. Yeah, playing midfield all of a sudden. I'll be doing all these things, pressing. It's, it's, it's I, amazing what he has done with Joe, I, Joe Linton. I think that if there's been anything um, that shows the how much work that Eddie Howe has done is how he converted Joe Linton from a striker to an enforcer. Um, and you know that the Newcastle team will never be balanced if they don't have Joe Linton in their team. Uh, because Joe Linton breaks up play in every single situation and he, he's annoying to be around. He nibbles at your leg all the time. He's intercepting balls um, and he's creating chances because he had a couple of chances uh, last yesterday, uh, so Joe Linton is just going to. I mean, Joe Linton is going to be an incredible player to have fit all season. Um, and we haven't had a problem with injuries for him. Um, but I've also, I, I will also say that they've been taking some interesting steps to try to make sure that Colin Wilson stays fit, uh, throughout the season, like last season, uh, <laughs> uh like last season, um. Like last season, one of the problems that Callum Wilson had was that he was living very far away from Newcastle. 
So he had yeah. to travel long distances to come to this to train, long distances to come to the game. So one of the things that they've done to change that is to reduce the distance. So he's moved to Newcastle. Um, they're trying to reduce the stress involved uh, with the team and try to bring everybody closer to the game so that we can we can just see whether those are the kind of things that those microaggressions are one of the reasons why he was uh, unfit uh, for a period of the game. So let's just watch how the season plays out. Okay, talking about Newcastle, just give us a quickly the game yesterday. How did that play out? Two zero about Forest. Um, I, the game was surprisingly dumb. The Newcastle was surprisingly dominant in that game. I mean, not surprisingly, um, but if you look at how Newcastle played under our previous coaches, in a scenario like that, we usually lose those kinds of games because we sit back and let the players uh, come to you. We get the ball past the same maximum, do a quick counter and try to score. One of the things that, you know, Eddie Howe has instilled in the club, especially, and you start to notice this during the, the preseason, um, was number one, the players have to be extremely fit at the very beginning. And you can see how we're playing against Champions League teams uh, during preseason. Um, and those kinds of things cha um, changed the game last yesterday. We saw incredible creativity from the midfield and from the right wing. We saw incredible finishes and we saw the defense pushing forward so much uh, that you had chances created by a goal created by uh, individually by Shah. So, you know, we're trying to control the game a little bit more and it was a dominant game. I think the, the only thing I worried about uh, yesterday was despite all the chances we created in the first half, it took us almost 60 minutes to get our first goal in. Um, and I think that we need to look into how we are finishing. Uh, but those are the kind of things that can improve through the season. So okay, okay, good, 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 good uh, review. Oh yeah, Balogun, Arsenal, the Arsenal. Let's talk about your your favorite club, Arsenal. <laughs> My only club. Well, I actually have another club. Yeah, you do. I know. That's what I said. Uh, two zero back Palace. So Arsenal were top four, guaranteed. Let's talk. To, let's walk us through the game. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fall in my poops myself into a trap, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to be to be to be honest, yesterday was. Uh, I said yesterday, Friday was was not surprising. I mean, we've been watching preseason, and there's been some positive um, development in the way we play. Um, Jesus has uh, Jesus has been. Uh, I mean, been a blessing so far. So we just hope that he keeps. You know, and obviously doesn't get injured. But overall, the game was not nothing, nothing surprising. I mean, Crystal Palace is always a tough um, customer away. So we just the only thing I was really worried about was the odd equalizer and then the last minute panic where you're like, okay, is Arsenal going to Arsenal again? But overall, I mean, the signings. <laughs> Someone knows me too well. <laughs> the signings so far, have, I mean, uh, Zin, I call him Zinolenski anyway, but Zinchenko <laughs> looks like he, he's been playing with us for a while. And I yeah. love the fact that he, him and Shaka have this thing going on where they invert, he inverts into midfield, Shaka drops deep, and he's able to, because he's also, he's also adept at midfield play. So, um, so that will work out really well. And also kind of, um, relieve, um, what's his name, Tierney, because that one's always going to get injured. So we need we need that. Now, in terms of uh, overall personnel, you know, we, there's still some, there's still about two or three places that I still feel 
you know, maybe not three. Three is a bit much because we bought a lot of players. But overall, right back is still iffy. I mean, we don't have a okay. a a consistent, solid right back that we can say that the whole season we can rely on. I mean, Tomiyasu is he's good, but he's going to get injured. Okay. I mean, he's he's still coming back from injury. So and then and then you look at the the backups. You have Cedric, who, eh. Some people say he's good. Some people say he's not. I mean, nothing to write about. He's there. He's there. You know, we use him when we can. Some games you're afraid. Some games you're like, okay, he played well. So he's not consistent. Bellerin is as good as gone. So we can't even rely on him. White is playing there right now. Um, and he's done okay. But the question is, he's not really right back. And at some point, the fans are going to turn on him if he starts messing up. If he makes one or two mistakes and costs us stuff. So that's that's you know something that we need to put uh, into the spotlight. But overall, the defense is good. I mean, Saliba was fantastic. I mean, we are we are happy that you know the whole drama thing that was going on is over, and we can put that behind us. And he's here to stay. In fact, I love the fact that he's sort of pushed right to the right back position. So the competition is there. I mean, everybody has to now work hard. You you can see the way it was. He, he no nonsense style of play, you know. I haven't seen that since so Campbell days, you know. I'm to be honest, I'm not. I'm not trying to hype the boy up, but the facts are there. So the defense is solid. I mean, I I feel like Ateta has done a good job. I mean, he built well. Yeah, he built the defense. The defense is solid. Midfield, eh? Uh, Shaka is there, you know. Shaka is a good player, but of course, again. Shaka will okay. Shaka. Teta in vibes coming from you. No, 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 no. I'm not. <laughs> don't beat me. I'm going to. And I had this discussion with my guys. I'll give credit where it's due. Ateta has, Ateta has probably learned a lot from his previous mistakes. Okay, I mean, but, he still did one or two things that we've seen in the past that were like, uh, but overall, you could see that he's trying to build something. So I'll give him that, you know. Whether I'm Ateta him or Ateta out, uh, we don't know yet. I no, wait. Need that. Need that. I need that divide. You know, you have to choose one. <laughs> <laughs> when you come on this point, if you are in and out at this point. At this point, I'll, I'll, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the yeah. final, the final piece now is striking department that I and even Sammy, me and him are probably the only two that are on the same page in regards to that. Maybe a few other guys are, but we need another striker. I'm not convinced by Inketia. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I, I would love to be wrong. You know, if he comes in this season, scores 10, 15 goals or whatever, great, great job. But overall, just from the onset, I'm not, you know, I'm not um, convinced that he's, as a backup, he's okay. But the issue now is if Jesus gets injured, because even in preseason, we saw some games where <laughs> they were clattering this guy and people were like shouting, like, take him out, take him out, take him out, you know, so... Is one bad game or a couple of bad games from getting whacked and he's out, and then we're back to square one, and then well, we have to realize the walk up, right? During the walk up, exactly. Well, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I everything's looking good. Predictions, I mean, I would say fourth place, you know, because I feel I feel we have our style is a bit different from a style is a bit progressive, more progressive than Conte's. Conte is. I don't know, it's boring to watch that guy play, but it's effective for him. So I think that gives us a little bit of an edge over Spurs because that's really our challenge in this whole, you know, we, we're not challenging with Man City, we're not challenging um, Liverpool. 
Um, Chelsea, Chelsea will, I mean, once they figure out this thing out with the whole owner buying, just, just, I mean, the guy's just buying everybody as far as I'm concerned. Um, but once they figure themselves out, and I think they're going to get a striker. We don't know yet. I've heard Aubameyang, you know, and some other players, but I think they will settle at third. So that leaves... Sorry to say this, but man, you, I don't know what's going on with you guys. So, so anyways, overall, my review, good. I mean, nothing surprising. We all expected a win. We were just worried that, you know, a few few cracks might show in. But it looks like we've, we've, um, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, my pick, my pick for striker was, for second striker was Ivan Tony, who today showed us, why we should we should have you know instead of wasting we wasted what a good portion of the transfer window chasing Rapinia, knowing fully well that you know it wasn't going to happen yeah where we could have focused on something else but it's okay so far we're okay the transfers the transfers have been good the team looks okay um Pate stays if he stays healthy and you know he doesn't get injured we should be fine in midfield um so and I and it also looks like we're looking for another midfielder. So we should get somebody in right before the window closes. So overall, we're okay. Okay, okay. Uh, question I have is J J Jesus. How many goals do you think he'll score? Realistically, I could say I, I I can't give you. I can say a range between fifteen to twenty if he stays okay. if he stays fit. Because you can tell. I mean, I've not seen a player and a striker drive in the middle that effective in a while for play, playing for Arsenal. I mean, like I said, tried, but he either fell down or, you know, something happened. You know, he got to the bo the box and, like I said, tried. But yeah. and we all know Aubameyang is usually, he comes from the wing. So, but I, we always wanted that directness. And he's very good at passing. He has the DNA of Man City passing. So that that also helps. And even yesterday, we um, Friday, we saw it. Uh, one of the comments was like, these guys are passing like Wenger era, you know, last season, in the beginning of last season, there were some games that were like, what is going on? They were just kicking balls, losing balls. But yes, uh, Friday, I keep saying yesterday, sorry. Friday, you could see the passing game. is. Uh, you can say that the passing game is back. So that's that's something that we're happy about. So I think 15 to 20 is realistic. Okay, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Maybe the 15. I don't know about 20, but 15, in my opinion. Uh... I'm going to say this about the Ateta in, Ateta out. I mean, you know, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but my whole family support Arsenal. Um, uh, so I'm I'm forced to watch their debacle every single season. Uh, but I will say this. I think that one of the one of the things that you haven't given Ateta props for is the fact that he's been able to clear out this Arsenal team uh, significantly. Uh, prior to his starting, you guys were a bloated club. Uh, lots of players that didn't fit systems. We had multiple managers who had different ideas. Um, and you brought in players to fit each of those managers' ideas. And what you have right now uh, is one focus and uh, one team based on what Ateta wants. They've removed the players that don't fit his style, like Obama Young, or, you know, and they've brought in players that match what his, expect uh, his expectations are, which includes dynamic uh, the dynamic uh, dynamism between the midfield and the defense, which is one of the things you talked about with um, with Xhaka and Zinchenko switching uh, positions. Uh, what he wants is uh, ball from the back, <clears throat> good control in the midfield, um, and 
trying to break teams very quickly by moving the ball from the back to the front very um, very fast. Uh, and the reason why they have Jesus in the team is because they feel like once <clears throat> Jesus gets the ball, he can create something very quick. He's very speedy with the ball, which which he showed glimpses of at the very beginning of uh, of the game on Friday. Um, <clears throat> I think that Ateta has a good idea of what he wants to do with this Arsenal team. And they're going to be one thing, one team to watch. But I, I do worry about the midfield. Um, I think that the midfield can get overrun, especially if you play a very good team um, like Manchester City or Newcastle. Um, I think that your midfield could actually get bullied off the ball relatively quickly or relatively easily. Um, and you'll be left exposed, like w the same thing that happened when you came to St. James Park last season. Um, the, then you'll be forced to play counter-attacking football. And I'm not entirely sure that the new Arsenal fans would like what they see when they start to play counter-attacking football. Um, and that's when the Ateta out suggestions will start to come in again. So I think that you guys should be happy for what you about um, for what you have right now, but you should be worried that the way you play right now, there's going to be situations where um, people are going to call for Ateta going out because they can't control they can't control the midfield against better teams. Yeah. So jump <clears throat> on that. That was one thing I saw in the game. Yes, on Friday. First half, better, you know, game was good. Arsenal had mostly control, but really, um, Palace kind of took over control. Yeah, that's true. And if they had better finishing up, up front, that's better than Mateta and uh, Edward. I think they probably, you know, that game could have probably ended 1-1 before Arsenal broke and scored. But Arsenal looked better. Their passing is crisp, for sure. <sighs> I have to tell you somebody, like, just like you say, right, I still am on the fence of what he's trying to do. I don't have to be in or not. I'm not an Arsenal fan, so I don't really care. Mm -hmm. but, like, but what he's trying to do fully regarding, like, the heavy possession football he's trying to do, like, long term, when everything gets very turgid, you know, because I see that creativity, everything's trying to come through Saka and uh, Odegaard. Over the length of the season, I see that what I always say about Arsenal, they get to this patch where everything becomes, like, very, very predictable, and he tries to do this like 1 0 to the Arsenal type thing to win games. I don't think that is like you said, the midfield is good enough to do that. Especially, we know Pate is not playing 35 games. Yeah. Yo, everybody knows this. The party is going to miss like 10 games due to hamstring. Mm -hmm. And once Pate goes out, that midfield, the, the drop is so stark from like Pate to Lokomba or whoever comes in is so that gap is so wide, and that's what I worry for. For us now, I think that the gap from party to is so 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 the, the, that gap is so wide. Probably Arsenal fans like this. I give you Raji or Raji said about Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Newcastle. That only happened because the absence of party. None of New, Newcastle's which are better or stronger than party or even Shaka. I think we just need to back up to party and pray he stays fit. <laughs> I want to pray. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna yeah, say, yeah, but hold on though. Um, I think it's better than the Arsenal's other midfielders. No. Who's better than Party? I said I don't think Bruno is better than Party. Oh no, 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 no. But I think it's better than your other two. Oh yeah. The, to be fair, the, the is, can I jump in? The issue with and I, I missed that part. I was going to mention that the issue with the midfield is also the fact that I mean, obviously, you stated Party being out. You could see Monday why he needs to stay fit because he did a very good job of 
And Shaka is not he's not a leader in, in that sense of he doesn't he doesn't control the game. Yeah, he shows up on one or one or two on two occasions and you know he has a few, but then when things start going bad, of course he crumbles with the rest. So I agree we do need I mean, I was actually hoping that we get Lucas, but it was obvious that we weren't looking at him. You know, everything, the rumors were flying around, but it was clear, it, it's clear that the, when, when um, I said when Wenger, when Ateta went and bought the unknown midfielder, who, fair enough, his stats looks pretty good. And I, I saw a few clips. I mean, they don't, they don't tell you the whole story, but at least the guy is productive. But again, he's not the type of midfielder we need in that deep position. So I agree you guys have made some points and you know that's what that's my worry too. And I hope because they keep saying we're getting a midfielder, we've heard of Telemans, who's a good player, but I prefer a more of a Indidi than a Telemans in that position, if that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, we're not gonna get Indidi, but that's the type of player I feel we should go for. But then the question is what who who is out there that fits the bill that we can actually achieve? I don't know. So we'll see at the end of the day what happens. I, I wonder why nobody is buying Lucas Paqueta, even at I don't know cut truth price. I I mean this is the same this guys is the hesitation good. that you guys had with Bruno Guimaraes. You guys could have got him long time ago, and when he finally made it to the Premier League, he was exceptional. Um, I don't know why nobody is interested in him because even Newcastle they're dilly dallying, they're going for Madison. When you can get Lucas Paqueta for almost half the price of Madison, I don't know why no one is going for it. There must be something that we don't know about that makes all these clubs hesitant to pick him up. But I think it's it's all about like generally recruitment. You know, teams of these big clubs are always afraid of the translation of the game from yeah. like to the Premier League, especially midfielders. They're always very afraid. You know, typically mm. that's why I think there's always this hesitation. They want somebody to be. Premier League proven, you know, even though sometimes <laughs> that thing can be overrated, I think. But yes, I agree with that, you know, because that's the same thing how we, when we found Bruno at the time. You know, people, a lot of people hesitant, like Spurs, you try, could sign Bruno and they didn't want to pay extra whatever million, three million, five million at the time. And then we came in and got Bruno. And of course, it's kind of deep a little bit, but his first 18 months, I mean, he was superb for United. Uh, someone says, Shaka Olipe is better. We party alongside him. In fact, anybody be good in midfield alongside party. I guess this is Pavi Samo. Uh, I don't know if anybody be good alongside party. Let's start. This is Maradona. The only person I can say that is that's Maradona. Stop that. <laughs> anybody will be good. But party is really good. I think Paqueta is more of an attack than anything. Also, I think the fact that it's extremely hard to do with Leon's presidents make it things difficult. Yeah, that guy makes it difficult. Yeah, yeah hard to, that's a good point, Simon. Yes. You know what? I think actually, can I say? I think that's actually the issue. That's probably big, more of a bigger issue than actual. You know, because the guy is good. I mean, I I saw him play for, and I don't really, I don't hundred percent agree with ju him just being an attacking midfielder. He's a very dynamic. He plays. He plays more of a defensive midfielder when he plays for Brazil. At least in a few games, he's played that for Brazil. So, but I think the issue is the president. I mean, we've had history with that guy and the guy is just, I mean, I don't know whether he gets a hard on from being mm -hmm. difficult, but the guy is just difficult. I mean, so, I mean, that's, so I, I don't know if Arsenal just said, eh, we don't want to deal with this. Let's, because Arsenal has their own network too of teams that they deal, work with very well, where they have relationships. I mean, you have the Brazil angle and then there are some other teams in, in uh, France that they have good relationships with but Lyon is one that 
we just don't. I mean, look at the issue with um, Hawa, Hussein Hawa. You know, we almost paid, we almost paid sixty million for this guy. What two seasons ago? Now he's. I don't know. He's. He's. If if he's even been sold, but I think they're asking for ten million from for the guy now. Look at the drop, sixty to ten. So, and the reason why we couldn't get it is because of the issue with the president, the agents. There's some issues with the agent fees. I mean, it was just a mess. I'm glad we didn't get him because that was just too much. I mean, the numbers clearly have shown that we missed out. We didn't miss out on anything, you know. So, anyways. Okay. Talking about midfielders, this is a perfect segue to Manchester United, my dear Manchester. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to just dive right into the midfielders and give them. The last time Manchester United bought anyone who could play in the deep line position, central defensive midfield, holding midfield, whatever you want to call it, whatever name people like to this was Fred. And that was 2018, 2019. And that's how many seasons ago? That's five seasons. Yeah. I had three managers. That was that was under Monroe, Sosha, there was Ralph Ragnick interim. Now we're now with Ten Hag. Fourth manager, we have not bought one deep line midfielder, central defensive midfielder, holding midfielder. We've not bought not one, even because I don't count Fred as that. Fred is an eight, clearly, when you see him play. Yeah. And we get into this season. I remember like in our some of our group chat, I was going like crazy about it. I was good. And people were like, oh no, we can play um two central midfielders. It looks like Ten Hag likes double pivot, likes this, like that. The people were getting carried away about precision friendlies. I was telling people like guys, are you guys serious though? Are we talking about precision friendlies? Are we <laughs> And people were like, oh, like, and I kept quiet all through when I kept reminding people, like, you guys stop, forget about what's happening precision. The first time I'm going to judge this is when I watched that first game. And I'm pretty sure Ten Hag, he doesn't, his middle name is not Jesus Christ, you know, for lack of swear. He's not turning <laughs> water to wine. I kept telling people this. People were like, oh, no, what are you talking about? I said, okay, let's wait for that first game. First game comes, nothing has changed. <laughs> The midfield is as open as I-10 on Sunday. Like, ah. <laughs> just wide open. I was just like, can you guys see what I'm saying? Like, in transition, like, you are playing McTominay. Is McTominay so trash? I'm like, guys, like, we are still in this McFred sandwich four or three years in. I do not want any part of it. Like, and you could see second half when it got better against Brighton was when uh, Ericsson dropped deep. I was like, like, great. And it kind of, it kind of yeah. looked a little bit more coherent. I'm like, oh, like, what is going on with this club? Like, why is there no, you know, why is there no defensive midfielder? And people are like, oh, but that's on Ten Hag. I kept telling people, like, Ten Hag doesn't know this team as much as we do. I kept telling people this. They're like, oh, what do I mean? Am, am, I, am I saying I'm better than the question? I say, no. Ten Hag understands the fact that he cannot judge his players based on preseason. He cannot. He knows this. You think he's, he's stupid? When Pep came, Pep had to have one season before he said, okay, yes, these fullbacks, all of you got to go. Clichy, um, whatever that guy, like Sanya. Gala. Because he knows that the only way Michaelis. to play here is when the, the real thing starts. Same happened with Klopp. He came eighth because he had to judge, oh, okay, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And started making changes. I said the only way Ten Hag would have known is if we had real football people upstairs saying, hey, I know you are new, but in order for you to have a good base foundation, <laughs> You gotta buy a DM because this is not gonna work. It's really the fact that you're trying to play possession football. It's not gonna work with these guys. I was screaming this beginning of the season, and I had United fans telling me, talking crazy. I mean, I'm good. 
I almost want to swear. I was like talking crazy in my, in my WhatsApp chat, like, oh, what, what, what are you talking about? He can play, play what? Like we've seen these guys for almost hundred games. They are terrible. It's not going to work. And that was for that social. I had no plan. Just guys go and figure it out. Type thing. Now this is a manager who wants to play possession football, be from the back. You think all of a sudden these guys are going to figure it out? Like it's, it's for me, it's so crazy that people thought that Mark Fred is going to work after what we had seen last season. And when the season even when we came second, like that's because people had not figured it out. People, when many people figured out that midfield, now like, oh, it's very easy. Just have somebody playing between the lines. Just have one midfielder just be able to stay in between the line of Fred, and, and it's, it's it's a wrap. That's literally what everybody does in transition because those guys don't know how to like position themselves. So I mean, it's kind of obvious what happened to United. This was always going to happen, and I think it's going to get worse. And I guess the advantage now, they said there's a meeting today. It's maybe finally somebody's somebody like forget. Yes, Frankie De Jong could. Even if you get Frankie De Jong, in my opinion, right? We lost Pogba, we lost Matic, and we didn't replace him. Yeah. Like, what are we? What are we doing? <laughs> like, what, what? What's all of this? Because Van der Beek is a ten, in my opinion, right? So that doesn't count. Ericsson, ideally, is a ten. Yes, he played eight for Brentford, but guess what? That's Brentford. Like the team was kind of built around Ericsson. Everybody was working out for Ericsson. Ericsson's yeah. job is just to spray passes. That's not going to happen in United. And even though he played well today, a better team than Brighton, the Brighton's a good team. I like Graham Potter. Would have put us to like to the sword because there was the midfield was, was there was nobody winning or holding position. There was nobody. It was just a free. In fact, I I tell you today, if we did not have that kid who I like a lot, Lisandro Martinez, we lose that game by three or four today because that guy is very good in one on one situations and he's quick. He's a quick centre back. That's what helped us today. It was Lissandro Martin. If we are like Lindelof, oh, we'll be toast today. <laughs> I'm like three or four today. I'm being serious. Or Varan. would have come like three or four. So it's, it's, I mean, it's funny how we do this thing. Like I see all that since you. I talk about Arsenal. I see Partey. I see Odegaard. Even Raji. I'm seeing Bruno Grimaldi as well. United, there's this like, it's almost like a generational curse that we don't want to buy like uh, uh, midfielders. Why? Like what's going on? Like it's so, for me, it's so mind-boggling that like, we saw what happened last season. We came with this season. And we're like, oh, let's just keep chasing Frankie Dion, and we'll just figure like, you go with uh, McFred. Really? <laughs> it's for me. It's just mind-boggling. When I watch it, I was just like, wow, they are sending they, they are sending this man up for failure. And I hope he sees it quickly and reacts quickly. I'm like, okay, you know what? Pull the plug on Frankie Dion. They can do whatever, and just go and get like Sangari. Like there are people in the market we could we can get now between now and September first. So for me, that's when I look at United. I'm like, we don't have any midfield. We don't have a midfield. We just have a lot of attacking players, some good defenders, but the midfield is like our, our team, is like a donut. It's just it's just a hole. There is nobody there, and you are not going to be able to play coherent football, whether it's in transition, press position. If you don't have a midfield, I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> like like guys, what are we doing here? It's 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 very funny when I see how people want to kind of overanalyze. For me, United's problems are very simple. We need a, we need midfield. We need a better right back. We can Dalo might be okay. We need a better right back. Well, of course, we need a striker. Like Ivan Tony, like you guys are talking, go get Ivan Tony, get like two DMs if possible. That's what I'll do. Or at least two midfielders. One that's like a, a Frankie De Young type, right? That can hold, that can progress the ball. Then one destroyer. That's what we need. For you to get a base foundation of what to do, you need like, you know, complementing type of players. Someone that can destroy. And also somebody that can progress the ball for some certain type of games. 
that gives the manager a good foundation to try and build on. Because without that, we're just wasting our time. I'll be honest with you. We are just wasting our time. We are going to finish the same position we finished last season. That's guaranteed. If we don't make those signings, United is not finished higher than sixth. That's that, that's that's my opinion anyway. Any any thoughts? Um, before I'm just gonna say what I think about this. I think number one, the Brighton game is a very very deceptive game, um, and it's one of the more difficult teams to play against at the very start of the season. Um, I don't think that you're gonna you're talking about a team that is already very balanced in the middle, very creative going forward, and who know how to defend very well. Um, yeah. Graham Porter has drilled all of those things in them versus a team that is just learning a new system, um, yeah. trying to who are not extreme as confident as Brighton is in their system. Right. I think that it's going to take a few months or uh, a few weeks for these ideas that uh, the coach has to embed itself within the team. Um, right. And I think that they're still playing with some of the fears that they had last season. Some of the defenders don't trust each other, so they're going out of position to double. Meanwhile, the other team is able to cross the ball to the other side and create space, trying to manipulate the open space that they currently have. So I, I think that Manchester United is also not in a position to dictate what players come to them. So I'm pretty sure that... Um, I know I know Oye just shook his head. But the thing about it is Manchester United doesn't have the same clout uh that they had ten years ago. Or, sure. And I think that the idea that some players are even wondering why they want to come to Manchester United um and choosing other teams, which has happened a few times this uh you know, this transfer window shows that, you know, even the fact that Ronaldo wants to leave Manchester United for any team in the whole world uh, <laughs> that has Champions League in the in their title means that the pool that New uh, Manchester United has is not as strong as they used to, where right. just wearing the shirt is, is going to be, like, enough of a reason to be there. That people will even take pay cuts to play for Manchester United. Uh, we don't have those scenarios any longer. Um, and the years of buying midfielders has finally caught up uh, because you have a bloated midfield bench where you only have one or two players that fit your current pattern. And you can't offload those players because those players are making so much money. Uh, no other team wants to take the responsibility for it. So you guys are going to be in this position for a while. Uh, the question is, all the midfielders you have are talented. The question, The real question is, can... Um, Ten Hag take advantage. Yes, they are talented. There's a reason why they bought them. We have good talented attacking. <laughs> That's Bruno and uh, yeah. not, you know, Bruno Eriksen, maybe Van der Beek. Van der Beek is someone. Van der Beek was good, and I don't. I, I'm, I'm 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 sorry to and let me hate to cut you off, but Van der Beek was actually I I I was actually hopeful for Van der Beek, but I don't know because I saw him I saw him play at and I know it's a different league, but I saw the way he played at Ajax. And he, he's an intelligent player, but obviously that didn't pan out. But anyways, no, no, you're right. I think that this you can get you can get more from some of these players than what you currently have, yeah. including Van de Beek. I I think that they, in fact you can even play four two three one, uh, get uh you know have someone like um Bruno Fern uh, Bruno Fernandez and um what's his name. Eriksen in the attacking positions, you add one more player there and you have one striker. 
and all of a sudden you leave all the defensive work to two players, Fred and maybe Van de Beek or or uh, you know McTominay, and all of a sudden you could have a a, a dynamic forward um, with uh, a better defense. But you know I don't I'm not. The, they played four two three one today, so they are right on the they are right on the cusp of it. They just need to figure out how how they distribute this. I'm not entirely sure Manchester United is going to be able to get more than one or two players before the end of this. Oh, but we need to change, we need to change those, those DMs. But let's <laughs> let me take a question quickly. So let's wait you guys get Matic after Fred. It was Matic was before Fred. Matic was before. Yeah. Matic was came 16, 17 season. I think United got Matic. So Fred, da, 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 da. Matic was the last DM. No, Matic came, Matic came before Fred. Came before Fred. Matic came before. Yeah, sure. I pity 10 10 to be honest. One came to a secret. This is sad. Can I lost two of their best players in Bisuma and Cinderella? <laughs> they did lose their two best players. To be fair. Yeah. A midfield lacking players with low technical ability in tight spaces, plus a goalkeeper who couldn't distribute, distribute <laughs> COVID means team will be under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this sounds like tricky. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't watch the I didn't watch the Brighton game. Um yeah. I I only jumped jumped in when people shouted go like and you know everybody <laughs> Arsenal players we wish all the bad and evil on you guys. I mean I'm sorry, that's just too <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I mean you saw the message I sent you, so I was being nice too. <laughs> but um I, I think you're right because with the whole midfield thing, and I and I watch, I mean, I watched a bunch of Man U games last season, and like you said, even when Pogba was there, Pogba is a talented player. I never understood. I mean, I understand why it didn't work, but it still it was still mind boggling why Pogba in Man U was just eh, one great game and then like five just is this Pogba? But it's Man U even more so than just a defensive midfielder. Man U needs. Man United. Um, eh? Man United. Okay. So Man United. Sorry. Yeah. Man United needs a dynamic midfielder. And and I, and I would like to use, and I'm, I, I, when you guys were talking, I was thinking of a player that comes to mind, but someone that can, that is equally adept. Oh, Kante. Perfect. Someone that is equally adept at defensive um, responsibilities and also with progressing ball. Because even if you get just a DM, I mean, yeah, unless you have a DM paired with a Freddie, like you said, Freddie is great with like Young, yeah, yeah, playing from deep. But of course, the situation of Freddie is just Barca is just trying to offload an expensive player so that they can register all these players. And Manu is going to throw a million dollar wages per week and something crazy for him. So okay. if it doesn't work out, then you have a you have an investment that is just a big Pogba 2.0. Exactly, <laughs> nobody's going to want to get him, Pogba and it's going to be uh, Groundhog Day all over again. But anyways. So I think, to be honest with you, Manu should actually be looking at Kante. Just go for Kante. He's right there. You can get someone younger, like that Sangari guy. I've seen that guy play. That guy is very, very good. good. I like him. And very good. Love him. <laughs> and I hope you guys get neither of them anyways. But um, <laughs> if you guys can go for Kante, at least in the interim, while well, everybody's still figuring out the game, because it's obvious that nobody knows what's going on. Even Just the players. Kante to us, no. What's that? Just never saw Kante to us. 
Just I mean, that, well, okay, yeah. I, I was being, I was being unrealistic in that, but I'm just telling the type of. Oh, yes, I agree with you. I if do. if you can get Kante, even I mean, he's old and all that. He's getting older and whatnot. He's not as dynamic as he used to be, but at least in the interim, and he can play a few games just to get because once those players see how this style of play works, because. Um, <laughs> ten ten, Ben Tega, what's his name? Ten Hag. <laughs> ten Hag has that solidity in the midfield. Then you can see Bruno because I see Bruno. Bruno is the reason why Bruno was frustrated yesterday, like last season, was because he was having to do other th other duties other than what he was good at, which was being crafty as hell. Because that guy is annoying to play against. I mean, he's always you never know what he's going to do next. But that's the beauty of Bruno. But Bruno obviously had to drop back, defend. You see them arguing, and it's like, and I watched the game and I just laughed because it's like these guys clearly don't know what's going on, or they are all confused. Maybe the tactics don't make sense. So. Two players, Ekante and Sangare, fix your midfield issues. You have great attacking players. You have a ton of attack. Even Martial, that you know, he shined in preseason. Maybe he might come back. I doubt it, though. I think they need to sell that guy because he's, um, he's always injured. Or no, yeah, he's exactly. Yeah, but yeah, the focus should be those two midfielders. Like you said, those two midfielders come in. They they fix really 40, 30 to forty percent of the issues of the team. I mean, you have other issues, defense and all that, but and I I, I will say a different menu going forward. I mean, and it looks like ten ten Hag wants to play actual football, not just pass and go or cross and go or whatever or or get a penalty and let's score twelve goals. You know, different style of play. You know. I mean, do I do I do I think it's gonna happen? Probably not, man. I'm okay with that. <laughs> right, I like like Raji said, just to wrap up this section, I will just yeah. do like a quick glossary over the remaining games. I think it's gonna take time. Yeah, it's gonna take time. Like this is growing pains, right? But what I tell people and why I was so frustrated is even despite the growing pains, right? Even with the midfielders, it's still be growing pains, but it's growing pains to better foundation because the reality is I feel between Arsenal or Chelsea, an opportunity is going to present itself. I don't know which team. Oh, yeah. And that's why the World Cup coming. An opportunity is going to present yourself. And the best thing you can do, just like what Spurs did last season, you are a world-class manager. And not just that, because again, I always tell the managers cannot turn water into wine. When January came, they got Kulukeski, Kulukeski. Bentako, and their season turned around. Yep. Like, it's so important for like teams to position themselves that way. And that was United should be planning to do. The World Cup could spring anything. Kane could get injured. Arsenal could lose Jesus or Partey. Like, what is playing the World Cup? Arsenal and Spurs and Chelsea have a lot of players in the World Cup. Anything could happen between that time. What we should be doing is position ourselves from now and just be getting ready, just in case. Because Champions League football is so critical. And I'm not even going to fire him if we don't. But position yourselves to put yourself in the best position. Because what's going to happen is if we do not buy these players, the season is going to get away from Ten Hag before we get to December. Before we get to the World Cup break, season will be gone. We'll be like... Multiple points and um, away from top one, it's going to be done. It's going to be done, and that's why I keep trying to tell people like growing pains are going to happen, but there's levels to growing pains. We cannot be it's true that we can't be Manchester playing all these wages, and by December, just like last season, we already know I know we cannot make it top four. That's that's absolute madness without wages we are paying. That's it's unacceptable, it really is. And so, that's my concern. It's like I'm not saying top four is a guarantee, but as Manchester United, we should position ourselves. To make sure the building process of Ten Hag is slower and better. If not, once if it goes away from him after the World Cup, it's just going to be toxic again. Our fan base is very quick for it to get toxic with all the franchise. It's very quick. It's get toxic. 
all the guys who come out, the Roy Kings, you know, start saying, oh, maybe they should have gotten Porsche. We, I've seen this down so many times. Maybe they should have gotten this. Maybe they should have done this. It's like, let's give this man and give him the best platform for him to succeed the long-term build. Because it's going to take a long time. Probably can challenge for anything serious. Three to five years. If we get everything right. If we get everything right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I'm going to end on United. I think, Raji, you want to say something? I, I, I'm just going to say that you said that um, Manchester United should position themselves in case anything drops. I, I really think that Manchester fans should position themselves to be a mid-table team. So that's oh, that's oh. the reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just want to take shots, but it's okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to do for this one, we just talk about anything that stood out quickly. We're not going to review the game. No, there's no time. We'll just go sure. Um, I I'll say that the Fulham the Mitrovic is is beginning to. It's interesting to see that he's actually taking his chances in the Premiership. Yeah. He was playing more intelligently. He was doing better with the ball and he was creating chances. Um, Spurs looks like a team uh, that is ex- extremely interesting to watch. Uh, I think you mentioned that Spurs was boring uh, mm-hmm. when you were talking about Conte. Uh, but I think that they're going to be one to watch. I don't think they're going to be challenging for uh, for the top, but they will be in and around the top four. And I think that the Manchester City game today shows the value of Haaland. Those those goals he scored, especially the second one, where he just bust out, acceleration was off the chain. It was almost like he was playing FIFA. Um, <laughs> was just showed that he was is going to be one to watch this season. So that's uh, those are my quick reviews. I like that. I like that. My thoughts quickly: Liverpool, Nunez, he will score goals. Technically, mm, I, so my thoughts quickly: Nunez score goals. Technically, he's not money that will bite them. That will come back to bite them later in the season. Yep. Money was a game breaker for Liverpool. Anytime the games were tight, like zero zero game, money was always the game breaker. Yep. I think it's bite them in the ass in the in the title race. Spurs will always be Spurs. Conte, like I always tell people, when you watch Conte's team, like you think like, why does this thing work? But it work. Yeah, that's it doesn't make sense. You look at it like, why does this thing work? But it's going to work. So that's why I never bet against that man. So I, I think Spurs want to watch out for third place finish. Chelsea, I predict are going to have big problems in the in the future. I I really really see that because Conte is not reliable. He's going to get injured. Once Conte gets injury injured, they will have big problems. I think City are going to walk the league. Maybe not walk the league, but I think they're going to trip it. They're going to win comfortably. I mean, Haaland is going to destroy the league. I was telling people before, <laughs> my second team is Dortmund. I saw that boy for years. I was like, you guys don't know who this person they're bringing here. He's finishing yeah, like yeah. a golf like a golf player. Yeah. He aims at weird angles. And <laughs> I like, I was telling people, like, this guy that's come to Man City is, is over. The only thing that saves the league is if he gets injured. If he doesn't get injured, that boy, header, runs, positioning, in the box, he's in finishing. Nah, that's that's somebody that we, we should have not allowed Nancy to sign that guy. That guy is finito. There's, not, there's, not, there's nothing you could have done. Nothing. I know. I'm, I just say that. I just say that sarcastically. So yeah, those are my thoughts for quick review. Which oh yeah, any thoughts about these teams? So unfortunately, I didn't really watch the only game I actually watched um, like a few minutes of was the City game, and that was because of the. The, the fact that I wanted to see Haaland play. Um, but yeah, Haaland is, I mean, it's a given. He's going to, I mean, if he doesn't see, if he doesn't see 25 plus, uh, I will actually blame it on Pep for whatever reason. But yeah, um, I did see um, the highlights of the Liverpool game. And like you said, Mane was a big mistake. And I understand why 
you know, the financial issues, whatnot, transfer, um, wages, this and that. And but yeah, you don't you don't lose a player like that and expect you know not to get hurt. I mean, in the terms of the way you play, like you said, money was a game changer, and you can see in um, in um, where, where did he go? Bayern. He's already he's clicked his heels and he's moving and. You know, he's shown us, he's shown us why he was money. Um, Fulham, I will say something about Fulham, though. We've seen this many times. Fulham, I mean, previous seasons that they came back, they weren't this energetic. And this is different, but Fulham will always be Fulham. Mitrovic will score one or two goals. That, oh, he's back, but trust me, the guy's going to end up with five, six, seven, eight goals. Yeah. He's not doing anything. I, I, I disagree. I think that yeah. the last few times Fulham have come back, they've, They've been very lethargic and they've been dominated. This is against Liverpool. It's I okay. Think, I don't it's think this is going to be... A, I mean, honestly, I honestly thought they were going to go down. But if you ask me right now, I think Nottingham Forest has a better chance of going down than Fulham. Um, at least they didn't spend $100 million augmenting the team. This is a team that is largely the same as the one that uh, came up. So right. they're not dealing with chemistry issues anymore. Yeah, but so the issue, I don't even think, I, I doubt if they're going to go down, but I, I guarantee they're not going to, they will they will barely, barely survive the Premier League this they're, season. They're a championship team. I yeah. think that just staying up in this league for one season is enough yeah. of a victory. Yeah. But okay. Mitrovic is Mitrovic. We've known Mitrovic for a Since we're talking about it, let's do predictions then. Give me, this is not the official one, because we're going to do official one, transforming the closest. So that's why I've not gone there yet, or created the trend. I'm going to say something crazy. Uh, so give me your top six. Predictions. I'll start with OE and tell me the three people, to, the three teams going down. Relegation. So top six would be City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, Spurs, and Manu. Okay. Relegation. Then going down will be Nottingham and Leeds, man. And then um, who's the other team that got promoted? The, the other team that got promoted. One more to go down. Yeah. But I see Leeds, man. I don't know. I have, a, I have a really bad feeling about Leeds this season, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Raji? Um, I think I'll go with, for his top six, I'll go with a lot of the predictions he had. Remove Man U, replace that with West Ham. Um, oh, really top six? Wow. Okay. Um, for teams going down, I think Southampton. I think um, Nottingham Forest. And I definitely think Bournemouth is going down. Yeah, Bournemouth will go down. I'm going to Nice, nice prediction. Uh, mine is City, Liverpool, Spurs. I think um, Chelsea. I think fourth is still Chelsea for now, depending on you know because I think they're going to sign, but uh, it could change by end of transfer window. I think fifth is Arsenal, based on where we are now. I think United sixth. Um, relegation. I think twentieth will be Bournemouth. I think nineteenth will be Fulham. And I think 18 to be Southampton. Southampton, there's nothing in that team, man, apart from uh, <laughs> Joe Cross. And my boy, Joe Aribo, the Nigerian boy, but mm, I don't. I'm sorry, before we, I know we're about to end. I was going to say something. Jay, uh, Jay Ward Proud needs to leave that team. He's wasting away in Southampton. He needs to leave. But his, the issue is his price. Unless somebody wants to take a gamble, he needs to leave that team. He's just wasting away in Southampton. He's too good. Right, let's wrap, wrap up with Kudos and Donkey of the Week. I'll give mine quickly. My kudos goes to I have kudos to people. Fabian Shah, that goal, he feels like he scores those goals like one every season where he belts the ball from outside the box. 
That one for sure. And the man, the myth, the legend, Leo Messi. I don't know if you saw that overhead kick in Ligon yesterday. Oh, my man. Oh. I think all of that were talking crazy on Messi's name. He's, he's coming back for everybody. So that's that's, that's my kudos. Uh, he's, he's my goat. My donkey, uh, the Napoli president, for that nonsense he said about African players. Yeah. The donkey of the week. That was a bunch of that was absolute nonsense, like he said. Um, yeah. United, I think our board, they get another donkey. When like Skamaka was in the market, other strikers and we are waiting for Anatovich. I'm like, what the hell is that? You guys, let's, let's, you guys be serious. This is 2022. So yeah, look at my donkey of the week. <laughs> um my my I'll go with the I would say Haaland is my um kudos. The two goals, especially after being ineffective in the Liverpool game, the two goals he scored today shows that he's not the kind of striker that um that lays on his uh that lets the stuff get to him is what I'll say. And he did a great job getting up and trying to win this game. Uh if they didn't have him in the team, God knows how they would have won. Um and my donkey will probably be the Napoli president as well. I think saying something like that, uh putting out a a transfer for people who are signing a, a stuff not to be on the African Cup of Nations is one of uh it's very it's very ridiculous, honestly, because they don't give it the respect it deserves. Oh yeah, you have one to wrap up and the show. Uh, basically Haaland and um for kudos and um Donkey will be the Napoli president also. I mean his best players are African, so yeah. I mean he should try getting rid of them first and see where they end up. So yeah, anyway. I agree. They launch this. Well, everyone in the comments, Ray, Sam, and all the other supporting. I think Chuki, thanks for joining us. For everyone watching this. Like, share, subscribe, fully fantasy, and uh, we are out. Peace. Bye.